Hey, everybody. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> wow, thank you. I feel like, I said to Brett, it feels like almost Harvest 2.0 this morning or something. Like, Everest likes to play these games where he's always upgrading his guys, and he's like, I leveled up, or I upgraded, or whatever, and feels like Harvest had some kind of upgrade. I'm so excited about that. Ah. That's good. If, if you're new here, I feel like <laughs> there's so much context to this morning. If this is your first time, you're like, what is going on? There's like this video of it last weekend and all this stuff. And it's just, um, you know, it's a perfect time for you to be here for the first time. You're in the right place. And we just want to welcome you, make you feel at home. And um, I really feel like this is an opportunity for you to join something that we feel is so significant that God's doing. And it's just been a unique season, I guess, for Harvest this month. Um, we've been, we had this like, let them hear emphasis. We've been fasting and praying and then kind of concluded last weekend. So those video clips were just this recap, you know, making me feel very <laughs> inept <laughs> this morning. What am I going to add to last weekend? I kind of, I was like, how do I describe how I feel? And I'm like, you know, when you watch a movie, and there's a scene after the credits. I'm like, that's kind of what I feel like this morning. It's like, we just watched this amazing movie, and it's like, not everyone stays for it, and they don't really expect it to continue. No, I'm just, that's kind of how I felt. But then, that's how I did feel. Um, but in preparing for this, I am really excited, and I feel like, um, I think it's okay to say, I feel like I'm the right person to, I feel like, kind of conclude and wrap up. And my, my hope is to kind of, I love what Frank was saying too, is like, Let's translate what happened. How can we capture what happened? And um, the picture I kind of had is, um, is like a flywheel. Uh, if you don't know what a flywheel is, you've probably used one. If you've ever used those toys where, you know, you like, you push it and whoom, and you like, you can wind, kind of wind it up. And the way those work is as you push it, there's this flywheel inside. So this like, it's, it's really a, um, a kinetic battery. So it's a way of storing energy in, in physical properties as, as opposed to electricity. And it's like, um, there's cars that use these now, like Teslas use it for regenerative braking. So when you hit the brakes on a Tesla, instead of it wasting that energy by turning it into heat with discs on the, on the thing, it actually engages this flywheel and it gets it spinning. Um, and these flywheels can spin crazy fast, like 60,000 RPM or something, which is many times faster than your engine's supposed to spin, right? So what I felt like is like there's this thing like, and we can almost all sense that. We can all sense like something in the air. Um, and, and what I feel to do this morning is help us engage that in a practical way. And uh, I'm really excited about that because like Frank was saying, like we don't want to kind of look back and, and feel like we missed in some way what God wanted to do. And so this morning, hopefully what I can do is help you just kind of help us capture what happened individually and corporately and turn it into something kind of practical. So I want to start by reading from Matthew 13, <clears throat> verse 18 to 23. So, um, this is, Jesus is explaining a story that he told a few verses earlier. He liked to speak in stories and parables and things like that. And um, it's kind of a funny one where he tells this story and then a few verses later, the, the disciples are like, that was so good. But just in case anyone else didn't get it, could you explain it again? Because they didn't get it. Um, and so he explains it and that's the part that we're, 
reading here, he told this story of where the sower is sowing seed and it's landing in different places and growing in different ways. And so the way he explains it is he says, okay, I'll tell you what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So there's these four different places that the seed can land and he's explaining what they represent. Um, so that's the seed sown along the path. And then the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. And, and when he's telling the story, it springs up very quickly. But since they have no root, lasts only a short time. And when trouble or perse persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. There's no longevity. And then the seed following, falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word and grows, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed, this is where we want to land, right? This is where we want to capture everything that's been happening over these last few weeks. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it, and they produce a crop yielding 100 or 60 or 30 times what was sown. That's where we want to land. We want to produce. We want there to be fruit. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful for your presence and I'm just so grateful for this season at Harvest that I get to be a part of what you're doing. And God, I just want to ask you to continue to just be here and to speak to our hearts. And um, God, we just want to be open to how you may want to challenge us how you may want to change us, make us uncomfortable in some way, God. We're willing to change, God, because we sense you leading us somewhere, and we don't want to miss out for a second. So, God, help us to understand what you're doing in a personal and practical way, God, that will change us and make us who we need to be to, to bear the fruit, to produce what it is that you're calling us to produce individually and as a church corporately, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I have been around church for a long time. I've, I've had the real blessing of being raised in church and, and going to youth church. And so I've been to conferences and, you know, I've been around, I guess, events, sort of like last weekend. It feels like a lot of times. Um, and so in my experience, the, the four different things that Jesus is describing here, I've kind of seen them play out. And um, I think you probably have too. And, you know, some, maybe it's more obvious sometimes when it's a big conference, but I think it plays out weekend to weekend too. And so I want to kind of illustrate what I see as, you know, like, what does it actually look like for someone to be seed that fell on the path, for example. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I have done this, and I've done all of these. So as I'm saying, if it kind of rings true for you, I'm not, if I'm pointing a finger at you, I'm, I'm pointing four back at myself. But the first one, have you ever asked someone, hey, how was that, like maybe last weekend, how was the service? And they're like, oh, it was so good. And you're like, like, tell me about it. And they're like, it was just good. Like, you kind of had to be there. I don't know. It was so good. And like, well, like what did you take away? You know what? You kind of just have to maybe listen to it again. And I've done this, right? We're like, really? It's like, there was something good, but <laughs> I didn't necessarily internalize anything. Um, so I think the, the first one is, is where we kind of miss it a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, when I picture a path and seed landing on a path, it didn't go in in a certain way. And, um, and sometimes, you know, this is Sunday to Sunday as much as it is a big weekend like last weekend that, you know, were we able to 
take, were, were we open to the, the word kind of penetrating the surface level? And I guess the way I see that is, is it could go beyond, it felt really good. Like it's true, it was good. Um, but did it go beyond that? Did you maybe give it the time and the space in your life to go a little bit deeper? So that's the first one I want to caution you. And, and then the second one, um, so this is the seed on the rocky ground. And Jesus says it springs up super, super quick. And um, this is, what I was imagining is like, you know, maybe Sunday you like text someone after the service and their text back is like, OMG, like all the emojis. It was like life changing. Like everything about my life is different. I'm better around my kids. I've lost 15 pounds. And you're like, it was literally two hours ago. This is physically impossible for it to change your life this much. But there, there's, there's these people that I've seen react to conferences where like the next week is like, they're on this high and like everything about their life has been completely transformed. And I, I guess it's like, I don't want to take away from that, but Jesus is cautioning here and he's saying that there can be this superficial thing, this kind of emotional reaction to what's happening where everything about your life is uprooted in a way that doesn't have longevity. And so I want to caution you, if you feel maybe some of that, I, I don't think it's a negative thing, but we want to be so careful that, it, again, that it penetrates past the surface, that, you know, that it's not a superficial change. And, and what I'm hoping to do this morning is give practical tools. How can we make sure it's not superficial? Um, then the third one, um, so this is the seed that falls and grows up among thorns. And, and what I see here is like the seed was good and the soil was good, but the surroundings, there was something about the surroundings that choked the word. Um, and uh, this would just be to, to, to caution about who's in your life that can help protect and nurture the seed. Um, and uh, I had this thought that, like, again, such a significant weekend, that some of you, I think, had like the best week of your life. And you, you really are feeling like there's something transformative that God's doing, and that's awesome. And some of you had the worst week of your life, and you can't figure it out. You're like, God, I don't understand. You know, like, this great thing happened. I sensed your presence. It was like you're right there with me, speaking to me. And then it's like everything falls apart, and that's okay. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not getting what you need to. Um, but it it can be a good opportunity to to evaluate your surroundings. Are are there people in your life that are choking the word? And I mean, I'm telling you, like small groups at Harvest aren't just this fun thing that we do. We want to create an environment where you can be surrounded by people that can protect and help encourage and help make sure that the word isn't choked out. The world around us would love nothing more than to choke it out, to tell us it, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. That's, that's this. That's that. It's not whatever. But when we're in a community, when, when that seed falls and we grow in a community, that's where there can be health. Um, you know, small groups have kind of been a, on a hiatus since before Christmas, but we're getting ready to start back up. And you can join a small group if you're not in one. Um, just talk to someone in a green shirt. And we're not doing like this formal sign-up process, but there are groups and, and you can join them. Um, so I really want to encourage you, if you feel like, man, if I, look at, if I think about my surroundings, my day-to-day, -day, I have no one to help protect this word, what God's doing in me. Man, um, don't let the world choke it out. And then the fourth person, okay, that was like a lot of heavy. Let's lighten it up a bit. The fourth person. 
So the seed falls on good soil in the good surroundings, and it grows and it produces. There's something on the other side of the seed being planted. And I, what I want to submit is that there's something on the other side of last weekend that is fruit. Um, but it takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It, it takes us internalizing something, allowing the word to go deep, protecting it, all of those things. And then it's going to produce. It's going to produce fruit, right? What kind of fruit does it produce? This is like one of those things, is it hypothetical? Is he really asking? What kind of fruit does the seed produce? Good fruit. What I, what I was thinking about is that the fruit that's produced is consistent with the seed, right? So like when you plant a pepper plant seed, you do not get tomatoes. You get, you get fruit that is consistent with the character of the seed. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning, that there's this, there's this process by which a, a word of God, the seed that's planted, yields a fruit that's consistent with the character of our lives. So if our character is what it needs to be, we will yield fruit. In fact, let's forget about that. Your character will produce fruit, actually. It's going to produce good fruit. Or have you ever had rotten fruit? Have you ever had nasty fruit? That is the natural output of that plant. But poisonous fruit is the regular output of that plant. So the fruit that the, that's the seed bears, it's going to be consistent with the plant. It's going to be consistent with the character. The output of our lives will always be a result of the character of our lives. Um, Luke 6, Jesus says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I think this speaks to kind of the longevity that, um, that the, it's almost, it almost feels sometimes like we can produce something very quickly, but the long-term output of our lives is what we're talking about. And, and that's what's going to be consistent with our character. Um, so if we, can, if we can influence our character, if we can have the seed go that deep, then we will produce something. How many of you enjoyed worship this morning? Come on. So ridiculously good. And uh, I was just thinking as I was preparing, like, she's my sister. But Karen, what she does in leading a worship service is the fruit of something, right? And uh, like our six-year-old son, Everest, has just started piano lessons. And surprisingly, he is not as good as Karen yet. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, um, it's not shocking, actually. It's kind of expected. <laughs> and you know what we're not doing is we're not, we're not praying like, God, would you cause him to be an instant classical musician overnight? Like, we want him to be a professional instantly. We're, we're expecting it to take time. And I, like, I just thought worship was amazing this morning. And, and I don't want to say, like, it's not Karen that makes it amazing, but we experience the fruit, and I mean Karen, Ted, Chelsea, Frank, the whole team is contributing to this. But what we get to experience in a way is the fruit of the character of that life. 
and it, it has taken time. You know, like I'll come into the office sometimes and Karen, she's got like our music studio and teaches lessons, karenbringmusic.com. If you want to send your kids up, it's really good. Um, but she'll just be practicing and it's like, it's insane how good she is. And it's like the result of so much time and effort. And it's just such a good, can we just give it up for our team and for Karen? And um, yeah. So um, how I think we can kind of start drilling down here is to look at the habits of our life. And that's kind of where I want to get to today. And, um, you know, January is a fun time to talk about habits. Everyone's feels like thinking about New Year's resolutions. I think somewhere between 30 and 40% of people make some sort of New Year's resolution and they, they try to change and um, they try to put something in their life that will produce something. And I, and I think that's great. Um, but taking, you know, kind of following this back, so fruit, the output of our lives, is going to come from the habits of our lives more directly. And the habits are going to come from the character of our life. I've seen people writing. There's probably something in the notes about that. I don't know if I'm phrasing it right for the fill in the blanks. Let's see. Um, so what I want to help with practically this morning is how can we begin to adjust our character and our habits in such a way that our life begins to point towards what we feel God identified as fruit that he wants to produce through us. And there's lots of fruit that I feel like was talked about over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I love that recap video because there were some specific points there broadly as a congregation that God spoke about, um, about walking in faith, dressing for the next season, being prepared, right? So that's like, this is fruit that God's talking about, harvest producing, an environment of faith. Um, and then I was even thinking Father Matt, you know, talking about evangelism and, and like putting that into harvest during this season. And we, we heard from Frank about moving from ungrateful to recognition and into a, a culture of honor. And I, I really feel like, like in some ways that word caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, so interesting where he's going with this. But I so believe that it was the right time. And that's fruit, right? So a life of honor isn't something you go and switch on. It's something that is the result of habits, that is the result of us shifting our character, of us saying like, okay, God just talked to me, like that word landed on my life, I really need to do this. Okay, how do we do that? Our character, who we are, needs to become a person that lives with honor. Um, so we need to internalize that. And then so many of you received specific prophetic ministry, like, the, <laughs> like and I have experienced that, and looking back, it's usually so overwhelming because there's so much that is spoken and kind of all these different things and it can be hard to internalize. And, and what I would say is I would really um, recommend that you kind of look at that and say, what is the one character thing that God's talking about? What is the, or, or the other way is what is the fruit? So maybe, maybe God said, you're going to be an encourager. So that's great fruit. And that's not something, again, you don't just switch it on. It's going to be the result of your character over time. So I really want to encourage those of you that, that were sitting up here and had the opportunity of the, the prophets praying specifically, what is like one fruit or one character thing that you can pull out? And there's probably more than one, but usually there's one that's going to resonate because in my experience, God doesn't work on a hundred things at once. He usually works on one and sometimes he doesn't even let us 
work on the things, the other things. Sometimes it's, it can feel frustrating because it's like, well, God, I think I could probably make some progress here and here and here if you just gave me a hand. And he's like, well, actually, I want to, and it's, sometimes it's, it's, you know, the painful place or the difficult place. But man, God, God's a really good gardener and he knows what that seed needs. And sometimes it's surprising to us. Often it's painful for us. Maybe it's the most difficult place, the place we don't want to focus. But man, we have to. <laughs> there's, there's no way around it. He's the one that knows what the seed needs next. So think about maybe what is one thing that God spoke to you about your character? Because, um, um, you know, I think when you understand who you are, you can develop habits that turn your character into fruit. Um, but it's not the other way around. It's not, I'm going to shift my habits and that's going to change me. It's who am I? And it was so cool. The first thing I heard from this microphone this morning was Karen doing the huddle and reading a list of who we are in Christ. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. Cause I, I just, I feel like it confirms what God wants to do. Um, I like this quote from Craig Rochelle. He says, if you want to change what you do, change what you think about you. If you want to change what you do, change what you think about you. Um, and I, I just feel also, as I was preparing, um, just to encourage parents that like, man, this has such an exponential impact because we can shift things for our kids too. Um, and just, you know, thinking about if we can get this, if we can get these character things and these habits in place, man, what we can do for our kids, what we can do to set them up for something. And um, so just encourage you to think about that. Okay, so what I want to kind of bring this all to, I think it's on like the right side, is there's this section for an I am statement and an I do statement. Um, and so I want us to, maybe not this morning, but I want to encourage you this week to consider writing a statement about your character. Um, and I think it says under there, I think it describes what it should be. So an I am statement should give one sentence answer to the question, what kind of person is God leading you to become? And the I do statement should answer the question, what's a habit that would be, that you could create to reinforce who you're becoming? So I want to kind of give some examples of what I'm talking about here. So a typical habit would be, I'm going to go to the gym, right? This is very common. That's a good thing. So the I am of that is I'm a healthy person. I live a healthy lifestyle. Therefore, I go to the gym. And it may seem subtle, but it's allowing, the, you know, so the fruit of that would be I'm healthy. I'm strong, right? Um, so, but when we identify it as being a part of who we are, it really changes it from us trying to kind of add something that doesn't really fit my current life to identifying this is who God says that I am and therefore this is how I live. Um, and it's, it's so surprisingly powerful and, and like subtle. And, and so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, um, you know, there's the positive side of this and then there's kind of the negative side. And I was thinking about in my personal life, a habit that, 
like, you know, this year and even in fasting and praying that I'm kind of trying to get better at would be just praying <laughs> every day. And I guess I laugh because sometimes it feels like it's so simple and fundamental and doesn't take that much time. But it is so hard for me to just pray sometimes. And, um, and then I realized that I have in small group said to people, like, I'm just not, like, I just have a hard time with that. I'm not really a praying kind of person. Like, and how often do we do that, you know? We, we make statements about our identity that are in conflict with the output we want to see. And what I realized, and this is for me, this may be nobody else in the room, but sometimes it was kind of an excuse. <laughs> sometimes it was like I would say this to other Christians as a way of letting myself off the hook. And I think it can be really dangerous that, so now whenever I'm going to pray, it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really a praying person, so like, whatever, I'll do my best here. But I realized, like, I want to shift that because I'm a Christ follower, and Christ followers pray. So when I go to pray, it's not me trying to tack a habit onto my life that barely fits. It's me doing something that's intrinsic to who I am. And man, that's a whole different thing. And now, I, like, it, it puts a healthy pressure on me. And it, it kind of puts me in this place of feeling like, it's not like, oh, I got to get this done. It's like, I need to. Like, this is a part of who I am. Um, yeah, that's, that's one. Let's, another couple of examples, you know, like, I want to save money for something. That would be a habit, right? I want to stop spending. Versus the, the character, the I am statement could be something like, I'm a financially prudent person. This is who I am. Therefore, the habit that results is that I don't, I don't overspend. I don't spend, um, what's the word I'm looking for? On a whim. I don't know what the word is, but frivolously. Yep. It's not the word, but that's a good word too. Hard to say. Uh, impulsive. Thank you. Right? So I don't spend impulsively. It is the habit or the, that, and the fruit of that is financial stability. Right? And so, this is, there's so much that God's spoken. There's these fruits that I think he wants to lead us towards. And so an I am statement and an I do statement that help us connect these things together. So maybe um, to think about other, you know, negative statements, I, I'm busy. I'm a busy person. You know, we say this sometimes about our lives and, um, I was realizing it can have a, like, you know, it can have a negative impact that, you know, does that mean you're not available versus saying, like, I want to be a compassionate, caring person. Um, and this would be a challenge for me. Like, I think a big part of my identity would be that I'm productive, that I'm this. And I was actually, I was, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, we got that dump of snow, right? So Thursday is one of the days I come into town for work. And so, like, I got a shovel and I'm out there like so angry, shoveling, that I have to shovel. And I realize that it's because my identity is, is it's so important to be, the, the, to be like on time and to like be there and to be productive and to get stuff done that like that actually was not producing the fruit that I wanted because sure, it's great to be productive, but I also want to be like a nice person to my family, even when it snows, right? And so like... Um, you know, the change could be like, like, yes, I can get a lot done through God, but, but I also want to be compassionate. I want to be available. I want to be a person that is flexible. I, 
hate trying to be flexible, but I will do it if God wants me to. He hasn't spoken to me about that, but I'm just, maybe, you know. Why don't you stand up? I want to make a joke about like the timer that's counting down and we, we started that for Frank, right? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Last week he went like an hour and a half or whatever, which was so awesome. Um, we're going to sing and then I'll kind of, I'll come up and I want to just pray for you after. And, and just as we're singing, I want like, um, I want there to be this atmosphere of just listening to what God wants to say to you. And I think what we want to be listening for is I think God's going to speak to you about an I am statement that you're going to write down that, that is going to help you clarify how God wants to change you to produce the fruit that maybe he spoke to you about, about whatever it is, being encouraging, being generous, being willing to serve, being honoring, whatever those, those fruits that landed with you over the last few weeks. And then I would, I would almost encourage you to do the I do statement at home, you know, figure out what is it, what could I practically change in my life that is going to reinforce what God's doing? And then I think he's also going to speak about negative I am statements, about things that we've spoken over our lives that he wants to say, that's not actually true. That's not who you are. Things that have yielded a fruit in some cases that is not the fruit that he wants to see in our lives. And he wants to free us from those things. Um, and so, you know, your I am statement may be kind of the converse of something. Like maybe you're a person flooded with anxiety. And so you're going to write down this morning, I'm, I'm filled with the strength of Christ every day. And therefore, I, I can do what he's called me to. Um, so those are the things I want you just to be listening to as we worship. And I'm going to come up and pray for you in a minute.
before we close, I want to read um, from John 15, verse 4 to 8. Jesus says, Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes out by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. I'm the vine and you're the branches. And when you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. And just um, in this moment with everybody, if you could just bow your heads. Um, maybe you're here and you've met, never made uh, the decision to make Jesus a part of your life. And um, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. And that passage at the end is kind of this precursor, this prerequisite to everything I'm talking about this morning, that we can't do this without him. And we all need him every day, but we need to invite him into the journey. And so what I'm going to give you the opportunity to do this morning, if you've never done this before, is to just welcome Jesus into your life. And the way that we do that, the Bible says, is by recognizing that we can't do it and by admitting, God, I, I've sinned, I've fallen short the Bible says, and, and saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. Come live in me. And the Bible says that in this supernatural way that I don't fully understand, he comes and he becomes a part of our character. And he begins the process of transforming us from who we are into who he wants us to be. So I'm just, what I'm going to ask you to do is just to raise your hand in a second just to say, yes, this is, that's me. I want to make the decision. I want to invite Jesus into my life. And the reason we ask you to raise your hand is partly so we can celebrate with you, identify with you, but also that there's an aspect of here of taking a step of faith and saying like, like I, maybe you don't feel like you fully understand, but you want this. Putting your hand up is a way of saying like, this is me. I want to do this. And I get that it's scary and uncomfortable in a room of people you probably don't know but it's worth it. It's, and I think that's part of the point is nothing else matters right now. Nobody's going to be thinking you're silly or look funny or whatever. We're all going to celebrate with you what we think is the most amazing decision. So if that's you right now, you can just put your hand up and I'm just going to pray. I'll just give a second. Awesome. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. Let's celebrate with them. Amazing. And if you're watching online, you know, you can just put in the comments that you're making the decision. Church, let's just pray together. And, and gentlemen that raised your hand, I am just invite you to repeat this after me as an as a admission of your faith. Just say, Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you love me. And this morning, I give my life to you. I recognize my shortcoming and my need for you. And I excitedly invite you in to change me.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's amazing. If you prayed that in the room or if you prayed that online, we would love to, to chat with you, give you a Bible, and just, just um, help push you onto this new journey. I'm going to ask if, if the team doesn't mind to keep playing. I just felt while, while I was praying there, if, if there's someone here and you need some time right now to reflect, I want to just invite you, come, come to the front. I know we're kind of like wrapping up and it feels like, but we don't have to be done yet, okay? And I, I just feel like there's some people here and God's not quite done talking. And you, you're, I don't know what it is. It's like you're, you almost have a sense of what you want to write down, but you're not quite there. Um, we don't want to rush this. And so I'm just going to ask Care if you can just keep playing. Just come down. You can sit up here and um, just going to be business. There's going to be people talking and stuff. But don't miss out. If there's something that you need from God in this moment, just sit back down. There's no rush. That's fine. And otherwise, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for being here. And hey, don't if you're, if you're new here, come next week. You'll get to hear Pastor Roy. You'll get to meet our pastor. Um, pray for him this week while he's in Mexico. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.